0: Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is episode 227.
1: When we bring together everyone and say, okay, look, we don't have to fight to be right. We simply need to invite each other to share their perspective and viewpoint so that we can create solutions together.
0: Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Charity Hatterley. Charity is the founder of Connection Academy and the creator of Idaho's first annual Women's Connection Summit. Her passion centers on becoming one, one within ourselves and one within humanity through authentic human connection. In other words, connecting with heart. This is a continual process, a journey, not a destination. Charity currently has her first book in the works Titled Language of Humanity, has developed a workshop she presents to women's groups about moving the mountains in our lives and will be presenting at the upcoming Women's Connection Summit Breaking Down Walls and Building Connections. Thoughts are the biggest mountains we face and the largest force of disconnection. They are also the one thing we can control. When we learn to manage our thoughts, our intentions, and weed out and replace thoughts which create disconnection from ourselves and others, then we are able to experience the power of authentic human connection. None of us is more important or more powerful or more intelligent than all of us.
1: Welcome, Charity! Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I'm so excited to learn
0: more about your message. I think it's going to go really great with some of the stuff I've already talked about on our podcast and helping us find our mission. However, before we get into any of that, can you please tell our audience a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure. I live in Idaho Falls and I have four kids, ages 8 to 18. We have three boys and then a little girl at the end who thinks she rules the the household. <laughs> <laughs> And I I love spending time with my family. My husband and I have been married for almost 20 years in June, so that's just right around the corner. That's I can't believe awesome. it's been that long. <laughs> and you know, I love spending time with my own family, with my siblings and my parents, and you know, we just we're loud. We love to laugh. And those who have married into our family, you know, they've had to get used to us. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we haven't met an in-law who didn't fit right in. So it's been really fun to see our family grow and to see how We've been working on even connecting with our own family. That's
0: awesome. Well, I'd love to hear kind of a little bit more background on what led you to what you're doing now with uh, Connection Academy and also your book. You know, give me kind of the background story to that of how you came to this life's mission and message.
1: Great, sure, thank you. So I grew up on a street where. We were a white family amid, you know, lots of Hispanics and some black families. There were, we were the minority, but that didn't really seem to matter. I remember pulling together some of our neighborhood kids and we would script some little skits and whatnot, and we'd go act them out together. And, you know, there were superheroes Mm -hmm. and there were just fun tales that we'd put together. And yet there were some relatives in my family who were very, Prejudice, and I remember later on in life I had went on a date with a a boy he was Laotian, but that relative came knocking on my door, asked demanding where I was, and he just chewed me out because I was wow. on a date I was on a date with someone with dark skin and he thought it was a black person, and I was like, What? I was like, first of all, he's not black, you're just seeing you are not even seeing him as a human' Second of all, I wish I had a black person right now to kiss him in front of you just to make you <laughs> mad because this is ridiculous. I was I was just reeling with with the anger and hate and he was he was a much older person and you know, I've experienced many situations like that where there were groups of people that I was friends with. I tend to get along with all people of all backgrounds and and races and yet I've had a lot of people kind of disconnect from me because, well, you associate with those people or you're friends with that person. Even in wow. elementary school, yeah. I, I noticed that. So, you know, over time, there's, there's a lot of exterior, you know, our environments. there's a language in our environment. There's whether the way that your your upbringing how your family culture is how people talk to you about certain things and how even in the playground and at school and eventually that language becomes internalized and you don't even realize it and eventually I kind of started putting on these blocks because I was I was tired of getting you know shamed for talking to a certain person or shamed for not being (laughs) this way or that way, because everybody has their opinion about how you should live your life. But if you don't recognize this and just, you know, break down those walls and say, no, that's, that's, thank you for your advice, but this is what I choose to do. And this is how I choose to live. Then if we don't recognize it, then it really holds us back. And eventually I got to a point where I was, I was very disconnected and confused, disconnected from my own self disconnected from other people. And I went to a friend of mine when we lived in Louisiana. She dragged me to this women's event, which I thought, you know, this is really lame. They're talking about mental health. I I don't want to hear about this. And I got there because, you know, she gave me a good arm twisting and (laughs) there was free babysitting. I had one child at the time. And so I went, you know, begrudgingly and the topic was depression. And I don't know about you, but I did not want to hear about depression. <laughs> he had us, the psychologist who talked, had us take an assessment. And in that assessment, it indicated that I had severe depression. Wow. And I had no idea that I had what, what I was feeling inside this, this disconnection. I didn't view it as depression because I thought I had the stigma in my mind of what depressed people did. You know, they just kind of they they didn't talk to anybody, they hid in their closet, or they just complained all the time. I mean, that's what I thought. But there's a lot of people who are functionally depressed and don't even realize it. They're just, they're really, it comes from disconnection. So that was really the point in my life, a turning point in my life where I realized, you know, something's really wrong. And maybe I need to dive in and figure out how to fix this. And unfortunately, I was a little too prideful. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and embarrassed to really ask for help. So I just dove into psychology book after psychology book, and kind of over time, discovered this process of moving this, these mountains of thought that were holding me down that were pressing so heavily down upon me, and making me feel really disconnected. So that's kind of what started all of this probably about 15 years ago. That's awesome. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, how did that work into your Connection Academy that you're doing now? You know, I'd love to hear kind of the story of how that led to that.
1: Well, it's interesting. I think like any other entrepreneur that I've talked to, you see one step and you're not exactly sure where it's heading, (laughs) but then you take the next step and the next. It's a lot like holding a flashlight in the darkness and you can only see one step ahead of you. But if you don't take that step, you won't see what's next. So the clarity comes just by moving forward. So this has always just been a matter of, it started out when I would recognize people feeling very disconnected and very, you know, kind of staying on the outskirts, not really being connected with groups like, for example, at church or at a play group when I had little kids kind of sensing that someone feels really shy. But a lot of times that shyness I've found comes from people feeling very disconnected and closed off or maybe worried about what people think. So I've just made it a point to go out and find that one and invite them in, invite them to my house. And one girl I remember, she came over to my house. I invited her. She was really hesitant. I said, just come over. We've got kids the same age. Let's get to know each other. And by the end of it, we were really good friends. And she said, you know what? I had this idea of what, you know, maybe people like you were like, And I thought you were all these perfect people, just perfect houses. And I see that you're real and that you're just like me. And that kind of was, that really touched my heart and gave me more fuel for this fire of, you know, there's a lot of people who feel disconnected because they don't see themselves as the beautiful, amazing, and impactful person that they are. They just look at other people's strengths. And then they cut themselves down. And that's much like what I did for many years.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think we've all been there and felt that kind of that disconnection where everybody else has um, a much greater view in our eyes than we even do. So is that some of the ways that you connect women is to help them see their the greatness that they have inside of them? I mean, I'd love to hear some of those things that you that you do to help to connect women.
1: Sure. Well, thank you. So in, so from talking to people one by one, and then eventually starting to, you know, take it to groups, I, one of the main things that I teach is, if you remember back when the eclipse came, and we put on these eclipse glasses, the huge sun in the sky, through those eclipse glasses, or through those filters, suddenly looked small, and far away, and less impactful, And so sometimes in our lives, we put these filters on and we look at ourselves or we look at others through these filters of doubt or fear or hate or judgment. And it happens so often, so many times we don't even recognize that we have a filter on. And so I talk about trashing that filter and instead choosing to look through a lens of love and acceptance and a lens of learning Instead of feeling like you need to be perfect, just more having a, uh, a growth mindset of, hey, I can learn something from this rather than a fixed mindset, which is really, you know, I don't want to make a mistake. So I don't even want to try yeah. because our th- Our thoughts create feelings and our feelings either lead to action or inaction and a huge part of the disconnection that I have seen, whether it's, whether it's consulting with businesses or teaching women at different women's groups or speaking individually, the hugest force of disconnection is really just our thoughts and having these filters on our eyes because, you know, our brain is going to look for proof of whatever we tell it. So if we have this filter of hate, for example, and we say, man, you know, that person is such a, such a punk, (laughs) then your brain is going to look for evidence of that. So any mistake they make, you're going to be like, oh, that's, I knew it. I just knew it. But we do it to ourselves too. We, sometimes we have this filter of I'm not good enough. So then our brain is just going to work. We don't even have to tell it to. It goes to work looking for evidence that we are not good enough. And that's what it's focusing on. And so by just simply removing those filters and choosing to look through a lens, a positive lens, and recognizing that we have those filters, then suddenly your brain is going to look for evidence that you are capable or you are worth it. Or you are, you know, I can accept I can be I can I can be human, dang it, and I can (laughs) make mistakes and yet still have a lot of value and influence towards others. So that's really kind of how I help help women just remove these filters but also it happens in businesses where we find the company culture is you know these p- certain groups maybe they think this other group is doing this or from one department to another but when we bring together everyone and say okay look we don't have to fight to be right we simply need to invite each other to share their perspective and viewpoint so that we can create solutions together Rather than try to prove that one or the other is better or right. Because you know what? None of us have it all figured out. So why wouldn't we want to pull together this collective resource of experience and learn from it and build upon our common goals?
0: That's great. And I really think, I mean, when we see businesses fail, that's really one reason why is because they have this very fixed mindset and they can't curve or change and flow and flex to society. But that can also happen to us too. When we have these filters on, we find ourselves not being as uh, helpful or being able to get out there and really serve other people in the best way possible because we have kind of this filter that stops us in a way. I love that. When Absolutely. I, do you feel like there are have been any challenges that you've had along the way as you've been working with women and working to start your community? And what have you learned from those challenges that you've had?
1: I think the biggest challenge for me has really been trying to, it has been feeling like, you know, this is something I've been doing for, for many years, but I never saw it, you know, maybe I had my own filter on, I never saw it as, you know what, I need to just really take the lead and run with this. I kind of thought, you know, I'm still, figuring out what I'm going to do. But in the meantime, I was doing lots of connecting and helping people. So the message itself and the things that I'm teaching so far, I have not had any negative response as far as no, we don't need to connect. We don't need you know, we don't have a problem Mm -hmm. with you know, people not getting along or not trying to understand or come together. We don't, you know that has not been a challenge. The challenge really has been within my own self and feeling like, okay, what do I really how do I really need to build this? And then also the the website and online marketing, all that, I kind of started thinking, okay, I'm gonna stop doing what I'm doing and really focus on getting a logo and a website. And then I realized, no. I can work on that as I go mm-hmm. and that'll come. But right now I just need to keep talking to people and sharing that. And then I, you know, the website for Connection Academy, the Facebook page, that's all going to grow and change that, you know, so the online presence right now really hasn't been, I haven't built that up yet because I'm busy connecting with people and helping make a change inside and grow what I'm already doing. I I love the filter
0: that you removed off yourself because I really think like that's isn't that all of our challenge that we have this filter of like, I've got to have this all in place and perfectly done or whatever before I can get out there. And I love how you just like push through that. I mean, that's where we find our greatest success is this if we can keep moving forward. Like you said, all those other components end up falling into place. And in fact, the more we get out there and the more we talk and connect, the more it does help solidify. The message, and uh, I don't know the, how we want our image to look, you know, type of thing. And so right. I, I think just being able to do that—what a great filter to remove from ourselves, you know. <laughs> For <laughs> so sure, just get out there and do it. That's great. Well, Thank and how you. do you, how do you feel like your paradigm has changed over time and with experience? You know, when you first realized that you had the severe, you know, depression to now, what what do you feel like you've you know has changed within that?
1: Well, you know, uh, the paradigm really is the environment of our brain and what it is choosing to believe. So it's kind of this reality. And so what happened was I had all these filters over my mind thinking I'm not good enough. Who am I to do this? Who am I to, you know, I had these dreams and visions, but just felt like, who am I to do any of that? You know, I'm, I'm just me. I'm just charity Hatterley. I'm not really anybody. But then as i worked through the process on my own to remove these filters over and over. And oh man, there were a lot. And you know, you're never done. These filters come on because you've experienced an emotion and then you, then you start feeling doubt and they say, no, I'm going to trash that doubt. And I am going to choose to believe that I have this idea in my head for a reason. And that if I move forward and just take action one step at a time, the clarity will come And so the paradigm shift really came from just taking action and then looking back and saying, wow, I've come a long way and I've done a lot. And I I think it really, it was going from an inward to an outward mindset and really dropping that perfectionism and realizing that yeah, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. And I don't have to have this grand scheme or grand plan of things. I just keep doing what I'm doing and sharing what I'm sharing because it is catching on and people need this. And so I think the paradigm shift is really giving my my brain evidence of things to look for rather than the negative that it was looking for saying, well, what if this is successful? What if I can do this? Why wouldn't I do it instead of why would I do it? Say, why wouldn't I do it? Why not? You know, let's see where this goes. And it's been such an amazing journey to just have that, to really drop the perfectionism and just move forward imperfectly and realize that people want authenticity. They don't want some polished professional coming in and telling them, this is how you need to live your life. They want somebody who's raw and real, who's lived it and who's like, you know, what, I'm still living this journey of removing filters. It's a process of, of removing these filters to become whole within ourselves and to become one within each other as in one, not in that we're all going to be the same, not at all, but one as in one in purpose, like, hey, we have a lot more in common than we think we do. Yeah. So why not build upon that common ground rather than put each other in a separate box because we don't get anywhere that way. Well,
0: and I feel like your story that you just kind of related to us where, you know, you've, you you had this idea of perfectionism that you couldn't execute until that was fulfilled <laughs> is the story of most women. I mean, and how we feel. Definitely. And But don't you feel like most people have a life's mission? I mean, a purpose that... God has sent us here to do. And, you know, when we talk about it being successful, even if we only reach one or two people, I kind of keep this with scouting. You know, when I was doing <laughs> scouting, if only one or two could come, I'd kind of have this idea of like, Oh, nobody can come, not even thinking these two children that are here are not nobody, you know, that this is a message that's going to affect them and that will be successful. I mean, even that is a success when we just touch one person's life with our life's mission what's your feelings on that on a life's mission and our reason for being here?
1: Oh, I absolutely believe that everyone has a life mission. And I think sometimes we lose that. Like, you know, when I was a kid, and bringing my neighbors together, we do skits, like I didn't see color or race. And yet, this external environment that was, you know, shaming me or this or that. And by the way, that has changed within my family. So (laughs) I don't think my family's this, you know, it wasn't my immediate family. It was some relatives. So I kind of lost sight of that. That's what I've always did was bring people together, lost sight of that. And now I'm, I've created this women's connection summit, which is coming up on April 28th here in Idaho Falls. And the whole idea is breaking down walls and building connections because sometimes we build walls around our own hearts and between each other and we feel disconnected. And there's a there is a big disconnect among people in general. And so for me to see that, you know what, I've always kind of been, I always loved gathering people for events and different things, even as a child. And I, I feel like finding that mission again has been so exciting. And also, you know, there are people in my life who have really been influential, and they have been like I have one friend who she, her mission, I think, is just to love people. She loves them unconditionally and builds them up. She's not interested in building a business or doing anything like that. But her life mission, she is fulfilling just by loving and accepting. And everyone who knows her just adores her and feels like I am the most important person when I talk to her. I feel like I'm the most important person. And, and I think when you shine authentically within who you are and, and those natural gifts that you have you really do have more impact than someone who maybe is trying, you know, to look like they're shining or trying to build something that really isn't, does not fit within their life mission. So I think that's really important. And I do feel strongly that everyone has a life mission and it's not the same. We all have a different life mission.
0: Yeah, I've talked about this before, because I had a guest on that talked about I'm um, looking at the highs and lows of your life. You know, you look at you looked at that really negative experience that you had with uh, a relative that kind of pushed you to, do you know, away from something that you found so fulfilling as a child. I mean, that was kind of a low and then the high is realizing the the wonderful sensation that you get just from connecting people. I think that that's so important To look at those high and low points of our life to help us find that identity of who we are and what our life's mission really is about. And I'd love to hear more about your Connection Academy. You know, what are maybe some three key points that you're spreading with this message?
1: Oh, thank you. Great question. The three key points I would say with Connection Academy is, you know, connection is a basic human need. And humanity is starving for it. Dr. Matthew Lieberman said that, you know, connection really should have been on the basic level of Maslow's hierarchy of need, you know, where we have the food, shelter and whatnot. But if you look at orphanages, their studies in orphanages, and even among the elderly, when all of their phys- physical needs are met, food, shelter, water, and yet they lack that human connection, they turn to the wall and they die. So I've thought about how that's why, right? I mean, That's why we build
0: communities, right? I mean, otherwise we'd all be hermits up in the mountains living on <laughs> separate little, in little exactly. outlands. <laughs>
1: it's so true. And so there's that idea of the failure to thrive. But what about the rest of us who maybe, you know, physically we're stronger than infants and el- elderly. So we can kind of deal with a lot, a lot more stress and maybe disconnection than they can. But they experience a literal failure to thrive, they die when they lack that human connection. But what about the rest of us? When we are disconnected, aren't we also experiencing a failure to thrive? I mean, think about that. Am I really thriving if I am feeling so disconnected from myself or so disconnected from my family or who I am? Am I thriving? No, I am not. So I think that failure to thrive affects every one of us but we see more drastic results when it's in the infants and elderly but all the rest of us are getting lost in the shuffle of the busyness of life or this global connection which is a beautiful thing but it's also there's a lot of disconnect and then that creates a failure to thrive yeah in my opinion. Well, and we, I mean,
0: we can kind of fill that with just the busyness of our world. I mean, even though we're connected on, you know, social media and stuff like that, in, unless there, I think we talked about this before we even started recording of how, like, when you're suffering with depression, you have a very inherent feeling of wanting to disconnect yourself, which that should be a huge mm-hmm. sign that something's wrong, <laughs> you know, that you want to, right. you need to to force yourself to get into a community that can help with that connection and stuff. And I think that, I mean, that's part of uh, where we are now in our world is that we're trying to reconnect as humans. And um, like I said, before we started recording, we talked about how important even smiling at somebody can be because then it allows them to all of a sudden go, Oh, wow, somebody sees me, you know, like somebody actually (laughs) sees me here in the world. And, and that I, you know, it helps you feel, like you're present and people still need you in the life. So we talked about one. Was that one point? Basically? Oh, yes. Need-
1: I'm sorry. I went off on. <laughs> no, no, I went off, too. Yes. So. Oh, that's okay. Yes, that was a great. Yeah, that was one point. It's a connection is a basic human need. And there is a grow in mental illness and suicide. And I feel it. Like, you know, there is a correlation with that. And then another point is, Others aren't judging judging you as harshly as you judge yourself. You know we are we are surrounded with the media saying, "Well, look at this politician or look at this person, and th- we expose all the horrible that people do. And so we internalize that. This is another part of the language of humanity that we internalize and then unwittingly apply that to ourselves, like, oh my gosh, everybody must be thinking that I am this one you know, X, y, or z. But it's so important to remember that people aren't judging you as harshly as you you judge yourself or as harshly as the media judges people. Before we
0: go on, please listen to this message. If you enjoy this content, you can help us with as little or as much as you'd like over at patreon.com forward slash the luminous mind. These funds help us to continue to produce illuminating content with needed equipment and resources to spread the message of changing the educational paradigm we appreciate all the ways our listeners help us continue this effort through patreon.com forward slash the luminous mind by expanding exclusive content, giving away gifts and giving patrons first seen products on patreon.com forward slash the luminous mind. It kind of goes like when I have teenagers, they're all like, oh so and so's gonna think this of me and so mm-hmm. and so's gonna I'm like no so-and-so's thinking that you're thinking that
1: of them. <laughs> like, so true, yes. Go ahead. So oh no, no, that was a great point. So really just it's important to remember to treat ourselves as you would treat a friend. We build our friends up and yet we tear ourselves down. And so look at your use the words that you would use to a friend and say, Hey, I forgive you. It's okay. It's okay to be human. I think we are so worried about showing up as humans. But if you think about it, humans, we are imperfect. We make mistakes all the time. And so we don't have to worry about being so perfect. And we need to treat ourselves as we would treat a good friend and lift ourselves up.
0: Yeah, we're here to have a human experience, you know, not, exactly. not to have a, exactly. a perfect experience. So.
1: We, can't, we can't avoid that. So just <laughs> it. It's part of the journey. Embrace it. Yeah, I made a mistake. Is it going to be, are we, am I going to look at it as a loss or am I going to look at at it as a lesson? And there's a huge difference. You look at it as a loss, then you kind of get stuck in feeling sad about it. And yes, yes, we feel, you know, there are some things that are true losses. I'm not dismissing that. But then when we shift to, okay, what is the lesson in this, then that builds steps that we can move ahead on and builds that pathway ahead of us that we can move forward with. And then the third, the third point is really connection heals relationships and it can heal humanity. When we seek to connect rather than to convince Then we are building up humanity and finding solutions that we wouldn't otherwise be able to see. But a lot of the problem that I see is, you know, this fight to be right. And if we have a filter on that, so and so is that way, then I'm going to dig my heels in and fight to to prove that because my brain has given me evidence that that's right. And then we fight each other, and that only closes us off and disconnects. And so my my tool that I share for that is instead of fight to be right, open up and invite. Invite someone to share their perspective. Okay, you you had a totally different experience than I did. Tell me how that is for you. Tell me what your pain points are. How can I support you? How can I understand you? What would you want me to know about this? Because I have a totally different perspective. And then as you open up and invite them to share, most of the time they open up as well and allow you to share. And then you realize, wow, we both kind of feel the same way. But it's not just two sides of the coin, like I'm right and you're wrong, or if you're wrong, I'm right. No, it's more like a soccer ball. (laughs) There's all these patches on it, and we all have a different perspective. And when we put it all together, then we can see the whole sphere, the whole circle of perspective, just by listening and getting other people's perspective. So really, connection can heal relationships and heal this problem that we have in humanity of fighting to be right.
0: Well, I think um, we are all taught um, through our society, maybe through some of our educational pursuits, that we have to compete with everybody. But really, um, it comes back to, no, we shouldn't be competing with people. We should be collaborating with them. And I think we find more joy in life when we approach life as a collaboration instead of a competition. I mean, and, and then women especially. I mean, I I feel like somewhere it's in our innate nature. I mean, I can't look at Pinterest without feeling horrible about myself.
1: <laughs> I'm right? like, wow, this is
0: where I should be like wow look at all the talent out there instead of instead I project on myself of like wow I'm so untalented you know what I mean like it so really true. somehow we've learned to compete with other women and and really we need to learn to collaborate and celebrate each other's strengths
1: is that I think so too I yes definitely to really to build upon our commonalities rather than Say well, she's you know she's so much smarter than I am. She's so much talented. She grew up in a family that you know gave her those resources. I grew up you know in this little, you know whatever it whatever it is whatever disconnects us because those thoughts disconnect us. But yeah, definitely definitely collaborate instead of instead of compete. I love that. That's a great phrase. Um and
0: I'd love to hear more about your book. I mean you kind of mentioned it, The Language of Humanity, but you know, you're working on it now. What are we going to find in that when it's completed?
1: What you'll find is basically a journey that I went on that relates to really a lot of what a lot of people have gone through and it is simply, you know, we we are born into this environment and there's a language that surrounds us whether it's the way our parents are or our siblings or playmates neighbors you know the media whatever that language is we we sometimes internalize it whether it's negative or positive and we don't even challenge what these thoughts what this language is and the language that we use to to ourselves ripples out and affects affects other people so if i'm closed off I'm affecting other people. I'm disconnecting from someone else. And a lot of times we sense what people are feeling towards themselves. Like if someone, if I'm judging myself and feeling really negative and someone meets me, they might perceive that as I'm judging them. And so then it drags them down as well. And it's all because of this language that's going on inside of me and it, it affects all of us. So as I learn to remove these filters and bring in a positive language, a language that builds me up, and that really drops the perfectionism, then I can share that positive language. And a lot of times the language is really just, it's just connection. The whole language of humanity is connection. And when we connect, the Brene Brown says that connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen and heard and understood and when they feel lifted rather than pushed away. That that's not her exact words, but it's it's that's the essence of it. And so really the way that we treat ourselves, it affects the way my kids think about themselves. Even if I don't say anything. Oh yeah. The language going on inside of my mind, it ripples outwards and whether either it's positive or it's negative. And so we can start with ourselves. With cleaning up that language, with trashing the negative filters, with building ourselves up, and then we build humanity as well by doing that. Yeah, my children were an excellent—I don't know—mirror
0: <laughs> to myself when I realized <laughs> um, when my older children got old enough to articulate things, and you know, I was very conscious I didn't want to carry on, you know, the the negative things that I was taught onto my children. So it's very conscious not to say these things to them, but it was stuff like when they finally started articulating how they felt about themselves, it was the same thing that I had felt about myself. And I'm like, how did that even get in there? Because I mm-hmm. haven't said that to you at all, <laughs> but it, it's, it does, it, it comes out in a projection of how, I mean, our kids pick up on how we feel about ourselves, even if we don't say the words, right? Definitely. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear. Um, I didn't have this in your the questions, but I thought maybe we could talk about that. What what we're going to find at this first annual Women's Connection Summit that you're going to hold here? What are some? I mean, you're going to have other speakers and different things like that. What are some things they're going? People are going to find there.
1: Well, what you'll find is is a journey of connection, and I've said it before, and I'll try to expand upon it a little bit more. Of we'll talk about connecting to ourselves and removing these filters and choosing to look through a lens of acceptance and love and 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 not see each other as this category of you know ethnicity or background or religion but to see each other as women we all go through very similar things maybe just there's a different flavor in our life that you know makes it seem different but really we are all so much more alike than we're different and then we have Let's see, we have Dr. Drew Brazier, who will be speaking, and he will bring in some neuroscience to the idea of really accepting and showing appreciation to each other and building each other up. I'll just kind of skip through. We have Heidi Totten, who she leads leads expeditions to Kenya. And so what she says is, you know, we think maybe we donate 20 bucks or something to help them build this vegetable garden, but it, it doesn't just give them vegetables. It actually, it produces more vegetables than they need. They can take them to market and they sell them. And nine times out of the 10, out of 10, it triples their income. So could you imagine an instant triple of your income? And so now they can look around and say, wow, you know, I have more than I need. Let me go help someone else and let me go help someone else. Or someone walking down the village will see that vegetable garden box and think, hey, I can do that too. And so she talks about, you know, shine, don't shield, you help somebody a little bit goes a long way. And then that ripples outwards toward humanity. So essentially, we're going to be going on a journey of an inward to an outward mindset through this journey of connection of connecting to ourself and loved ones, and connecting to our community through various community resources and co- connecting to humanity. So I think it's going to be a very impactful event. And it's really to bring women of diverse groups together who otherwise wouldn't really probably associate necessarily, not because people are necessarily trying to disconnect from each other, but because there's things going on and we don't even recognize that we have these filters on, or I don't know how to talk to that person because I've never seen that you know type of person. Here I am. I've grown up in this environment and I'm not sure why you know she seems different, why I don't think I have anything in common. Why would she want to talk to me? So it's just breaking through these walls that we build around our own hearts and between each other and just building some connection and bringing women of all groups and backgrounds together just to have a wonderful time and a wonderful experience of connection.
0: Yeah. When I love finding the common ground, but then each of us do have like a unique, point on the wheel. You know what I mean? That's our own place and stuff. And so I think that that's so powerful when we find that connection within our communities and stuff like that. But then we can see our own specialness, you know, our own uniqueness, our own way that we can shine. Definitely. Oh, I love that message. I think it's going to be wonderful. And you said you don't get any negative feedback on your message. (laughs) How do you feel like it's helping? I mean, how have you seen people be successful because of this message?
1: You know it's been and I might tear up right now (laughs) it's been amazing to see how people just feeling so disconnected and shut down and then turning outward and sharing the message of you know you matter and I found that I matter too and I found that I have impact and that Mm -hmm. (laughs) people are not as intimidating as I thought they were every you know in general, we all just want to connect and we all just want to be understood and heard. And sometimes the problem comes when, when I'm fighting to be right and you're fighting to be right because we're conditioned from childhood. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not right, I must be wrong. Cause I got that answer wrong. So I have to be right. I have to be right. But really there's so many different perspectives. It's kind of like, if you imagine we're all pieces of the same puzzle. And I have a blue piece and you have an orange piece. If I'm saying, no, this puzzle, it's blue, and it's going to be very peaceful and calming. And so that's what the puzzle is about. And you tell me, no, in my viewpoint, orange is very vibrant and exciting. So this puzzle is going to be vibrant and exciting. So we're both right in our perspective. And if we fight each other about who's right, we don't get anywhere. But when we put our pieces of the puzzle together and we bring other people's pieces, purple, orange, blue, all the beautiful colors, then we look at what we have. Wow, it's a beautiful sunset. It's all of that. It's everything that we said it was, but it's so much more. And we would have missed out if we hadn't taken the time to invite each other to share their perspective. That's how (laughs) you're helping people be successful. But that's where it is. Yeah. Helping, Helping them not be so intimidated to learn from each other. You know, instead of trying to convince, just simply trying to connect and, you know, let go of, let go of our agenda and let's just try to learn from each other and, and recognize that I don't have to be perfect and that I can be who I am and not be afraid of who I am or afraid of who you are. We can just build each other up. And it's been beautiful to see women embrace who they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've got plenty of good, bad, (laughs) and ugly as well embracing the whole picture of who we are and really just being authentic. There's freedom and power in that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the the best leaders um, collaborate and they don't compete. I just did a podcast with a lady who talked a a lot about that, that, you know, we want to create these safe environments. And I think the environments where we have uh, that that person has to be right. Either you're not going to have that connection, that collaboration. You're not going to have that authentic place where people feel like they can come and share their ideas. You're not going to have innovation or any of that because there's this need to be right, you know, but if we can break that down, I think we're going to find ourselves way more successful in our, in our families, in our homes, in our businesses, all of those types of things. If we can just learn to, you know, I love your phrase of the need to be right. Is that what it is? The
1: oh, what? How did I say it? <laughs> I have it written down in my book. <laughs> now you ask me, we fight to be right. Yeah, that fight but instead. Yeah, just I invite. love that phrase. Yeah, fight yeah. to be right.
0: Yeah, it makes it. It makes sense. You know, for sure. Well, yeah. and do you feel like you've learned a lot from mentoring other people? And you know, give us maybe some ideas of things that you've learned through this mentor of others.
1: Well, what I've learned, one of the main things is that everybody, at least everyone that I've connected with, with this feels the same way. (laughs) Everyone has recognized, you know, I didn't realize I was trying so hard to be right or to prove myself or I was cutting myself down. Like, we don't even realize it. And this fight to be right is so, so subtly weaved into our daily lives that we don't even recognize that it's a problem. And if you look at, you know, broken relationships, if you look at political debates, let's look at that. That's a prime example. (laughs) Are they trying to connect and build upon common ground or are they fighting to be right? And we don't get anywhere with those conversations and even think about you know, has any war been fought over trying to understand each other? I mean, sincerely inviting and collaborating? No, it's always been a fight to be right. And so from the playground to the political arena to global problems, the root is fighting to be right, instead of invite, inviting to share and collaborate and connect. And so I feel like I mean, There's plenty of therapists who will back me up on this, who, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the relationships are destroyed or, you know, parent teen relationships go wrong because I'm saying, no, I'm right and you're wrong. And the teen's like, but mom, you're not understanding what I'm saying here, you know. And so we're fighting to be right instead of saying, okay, tell me what happened. Tell me your viewpoint. Tell me your pain points. And then let's try to collaborate. And so as I have done that with my own teens, we have a good relationship. I mean, yeah, we have our, our our issues. We're not a perfect family by by any means, but it has totally shifted when I took on that, you know, like this is working for everyone else, why don't I do it with my kids? Even my little 8-year-old when she is digging in her hills because dang it, mom did this and I'm mad at her. If I sit next to her and say, "Tell me what tell me what you're thinking. Tell me why this bothers you. I want to understand how it is." then as she pours out her little heart then she realizes huh well my mom cares and and then she gives me a chance to share with her like this is why you know let's let's come to a common ground here i see how i was perceiving this a little bit wrong <laughs> and vice versa we can all learn from each other i can i can learn from little kids just as much as i can learn from a seasoned person who is much older than i am so I think, it, I think it's very important. That's one thing I learned is we can apply that anywhere and in any situation to just try to understand rather than fighting to be right yeah. and get places that way.
0: Yeah, that fight to be right is the base of our human. I mean, it's like the <laughs> the horrible base part of it, where um, we're just acting solely off of you know our human instincts. Whereas, um, mm-hmm. if we can apply some of our spiritual properties to that and have that spirit of collaboration, I'd love to. I'd love to figure out a way that we can use a person's natural desire to rebel <laughs> for our good. You know, because
1: wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah,
0: because really, I mean, anytime there's that that, that presence of, I have to be right. You're going to have people rebel against that. You know, like I don't even want to spend time with that person because, you know, she has this feeling that she has to be right. Right. And I mean, you talked about one of your friends that, you know, she doesn't, she's not growing a business on it, but she just approaches people with love. I mean, she's already learned how to use that rebellion in her favor. You know what I mean? Right. where mm-hmm. she can reach to them and use that and they come back to her, you know, not pushing against her. I love Absolutely. it. What a great conversation <laughs> we're having. I, th- I feel like it's going to affect so many people's lives in a, ver- a variety of ways, different ways. How do you feel like, like if we can just have one habit in our personal life that would help us be successful, what do you think that that might be?
1: Ooh, one habit, one simple habit. I would say pay attention to the language that's inside of you and pay attention to whether your thoughts are lifting you up or whether they're tearing you down because that'll ripple outward. And so if we can be positive with our own selves, then it really helps us connect with who we are and embrace ourselves. Like I said, the good, bad and ugly, and then we can lift others. So I think just really pay attention to the language that you use in your own mind, those thoughts, those thoughts come like a train, like car trains. And you can choose whether to hop on that train of judgment, or you can choose to let it go. And instead get on the train of just accepting or loving, but just recognizing that you have a choice in what you think and how you perceive things.
0: Well, and I think uh, the the new catchphrase that everyone's using is that mindfulness. I I really feel like if I would have been applying that years ago, my kids wouldn't have projected, you know, had picked up on that language. And I'm like, wow, that's what you think of you. and That's what I've been saying to myself forever. You know? So and if I would have been mindful of that, I could have stopped that generationally, you know, from kind of taking over for sure. And I'd Oh, love you, to, and me, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> Lessons learned, thing. right? Exactly. <laughs> so young mothers, this is a <laughs> call oh, to you Yeah. be and very aware <laughs> of what you're saying to yourself because you'll hear it years later from your kids. Yes. <laughs> that's great. Well, I'd love to hear maybe long-term goals. You know, we're going to start with this first annual Women's Connection Summit, but, you know, I'd love to hear what you hope to see in the future and how you feel like that's working into the legacy that you hope to leave.
1: Well, thank you. The long-term goal really is, you know, like I said, it was one step at a time, one person, now it's a women's summit. And I've connected with some businesses as well to, you know, to, to do some presentations and trainings with their employees. And I feel like this is a globally needed idea and topic. And I have a friend who has a connection to Nepal And we have been collaborating on different ways that we could bring this globally, this whole idea of really just dropping down, breaking through these walls (laughs) and building some connection. And so I think it's just going to it'll be what it needs to be. I don't have a huge, you know, I'm going to dominate the world plan or anything (laughs) like that. (laughs) It's just I'm simply just taking one step at a time and it's growing and it's reaching outward and I'm getting requests to bring it to more places And it's, I plan to take little, take events to high schools because I think high school kids need it. And there are plenty of men who, who need these messages, but there isn't anything being done. And so I would gather a, a group of men and not necessarily as a woman say, Hey guys, this is, you know, I, let me tell you what to do because I think men are very powerful. And in society, we don't have the, Like they really aren't giving permission necessarily or have these examples of being connected or talking about what's really going on in their mind. We've kind of have the stigma of men have to be tough and macho and they really have some disconnection going on there as well. Well, and you see
0: the suicide rate. Higher oh, with men, absolutely. right? And it's because we have taught them that they can't talk about like what's going on inside of them. That that's you know, that's foo-foo or you know, that's not a manly right. trait for sure. You're and, a
1: wimp, or you're a wimp if you're if you're feeling frustrated or sad or any other emotion other than I'm tough and I can do it. You know, yeah, like you know, men men struggle as well with this. So this is a universal topic, and so I just plan to bring it to whoever is you know. I'm not going to bulldoze it through to anyone. I'm just inviting and sharing the message, and it's spreading and it's growing. And so I'm just choose to believe <laughs> <laughs> that if I take one step at a time, what, how, whatever it needs to be, will be.
0: Yeah. Well, and success is. I mean, like we've discussed in our previous conversation, that success can can look like it's affected, it's impacted one person's life, and that's what really matters.
1: So absolutely. And if it just affects my children's lives because we're having these conversations. And because I've shifted, I feel like that is a huge success. Yeah. And it helps anyone else as well. That is a bonus. Yeah. And so, and I would say the legacy would be for people to, I guess, maybe stop to (laughs) stop fighting to be right. And instead invite learning from each other and connection, because we're all pieces of the same puzzle. And when we seek to understand each other's viewpoint, especially when we disagree then perspective and insight will shed light on solutions that can't otherwise be seen. So I guess just bringing people of all backgrounds together to listen and learn from each other that would be the simple, the simplified goal. Let's just listen and learn from each other. That's it. it. If we can just do that, that'll solve a lot of problems.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like I said, it's going to, it's going to spiral from ourselves to our families, to our communities with this message for sure, you know, and and into our businesses as as well. So, well, and do you have any final parting words for our listeners and then give us your contact information, how we can find out more about your Connection Academy and um, maybe some upcoming conferences that you're going to be doing?
1: Well, thank you. I think the parting thoughts, I think we already mentioned this was just pay attention to the language inside of you. Are your thoughts lifting you up? Or are they tearing you down? Are your thoughts disconnecting you from yourselves and from other people? Or are you choosing thoughts, you know, choosing to look through a lens of acceptance and love and learning rather than convincing And so I I guess that would be the parting thought, just try to build connection (laughs) (laughs) and learn from each other. We don't, I don't have to agree with everyone. They don't have to agree with me, but if I listen to them and they listen to me, we can learn from each other, but we don't have to change our viewpoints. We can still build connection, even if we disagree. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, this is this is a message we need more than ever, for sure. <laughs>
1: totally,
0: and, definitely. Then, and then your contact information, how we can get in touch with you.
1: Well, thank you. You can find me on Facebook, Charity Reeves Hatterley on Facebook. I check my own messages. I'd be happy to connect with you that way. I have a personal blog. It's charityhatterley.com. And I just started the Connection Academy Facebook page. So that's going to be a work in progress. Right now, we're kind of promoting the Women's Connection event. But I plan to use that just to, to share positive quotes of connection and to build connection, one post, one conversation, one event at a time. And so, you know, the online stuff, like I said, is all a work in progress because I felt like I'm just doing what I'm doing. <laughs> you can connect with me on that way. Just, and um, I look forward to, to meeting you and love to hear your feedback. What's, resonates with you. And, you know, let's have another discussion. This would be great.
0: And again, we've been chatting with Charity Hatterly, who is a writer, speaker and business enthusiast. You can find her at com. She's got a Facebook page, uh, her personal page, and then the Connection Academy Facebook page. You're definitely going to want to get on and check out that Idaho Women's Connection Summit. But we're going to be sure to link all that information that we've discussed today on our website as well. But thank you so much, Charity, for joining us and helping to light our minds on fire on this really important topic of making connection. I appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Rebecca. I appreciate what you're doing and and you're sharing these messages and having these conversations. They're very important. So thank you. I appreciate this.
0: Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Charity Hatterly, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list and help us continue production of illuminating content by sponsoring us at patreon.com forward slash the Luminous Mind. To get exclusive content, subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, and now Instagram. To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us, leave us a review, share our content, tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education.